Welcome to Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. No, 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 we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. I'm Ross Blotcher. And uh, who's making the claims? Today, you never know what will come out of her face, <laughs> but Linda Moulton Howe is back, baby. Yeah, she's one of our most frequent topics Yeah, on the podcast. We can't get enough. Not that I ever understand what's going on or what's coming out of her face yeah it's weird because she does have greatest hits Mm -hmm. there is repetition there is but there's always something new and it's wild and and all her sentences run into one another so they're very hard to follow Mm -hmm. it's really always just sort of a, a talk that washes over me like so many words and then i have to go back through it and figure out what i just heard <laughs> yeah i know that feeling and i feel it a lot with linda moulton Howe. lmh yes that's what we call her so if you followed along with the podcast you're like all right lmh let's see what she's up we to love now her. In case you don't know, we've been encountering her since I think the Ozark Mountain UFO Conference was the first time that we saw her back in the summer of UFOs 2016, 17, something like that, something like that. And one of the hosts afterwards, the MC, as we were walking out, someone asked him what he thought about something Linda Moulton Howe had said. He said, you never know what'll come out of her face. (laughs) (laughs) We just happened over here this as we were walking by in it. Just the best damning (laughs) with faint praise. That's not even it. Yeah. Yeah. It was the best damning with vague statements. (laughs) Subtle dig I've ever heard. (laughs) So it really stuck for us. But she is an ufologist, if you will. She studies UFOs. Yeah. (laughs) She believes that aliens are in consistent communication with the human race and that our government is keeping that knowledge from us. And I think uh, when we saw her this last time, she was 81 years old. Yeah, she's very healthy, very spry, working all the time. And if you haven't encountered her before, I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to some prior episodes because Mm -hmm. we're going to try not to tread the same water too much here but tell you just what she was saying at Conscious Life Expo 2023. What was new? What's the news in Linda Moulton Howe aliens? So this talk was called UFO Whistleblowers, Civilian Pilots to Military to Aerospace. I feel there's too many twos in there. To wit. (laughs) Civilian pilots to military to aerospace. Interesting. I would almost put civilian pilots to aerospace to military. Like, just in the rank of increasing interest or security. Mm. I feel like military is kind of the the pinnacle there. Yeah, the spookiest. Yeah. Okay. The the most investigative journalism, because she considers herself a journalist. Yep. She's won an award for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At least one. I believe a daytime Emmy. There was a long line for this one, because it was a really popular event. Like, everything at Conscious Life Expo. Yeah, but also she is a top-tier speaker. People want to hear this woman talk. Yeah, she's venerated mm-hmm. in the UFO crowd because mm-hmm. she's been doing this beat for years. Uh, you want me to read the uh, quick description yeah. of this talk? Yeah, how did she describe it? Investigative reporter Linda Moulton Howe. I feel like I need to talk like Jimmy Church doing okay, this because yeah. he always introduces her. <clears throat> Here we go. Investigative reporter Linda Moulton Howe will open up her whistleblower files about UFO, UAPs, 
and ET sources ranging from civilian pilots to military and aerospace sources who know the U.S. government has been classifying Earth's true reality that we are not alone in this universe since World War II. Thank you, thank you. Do you get phlegm in your throat when you do that? No, I do not. Okay. I would. Oh, she's a graduate of Stanford University with a master's degree in communication? That's actually true. I've looked into that. That is true. Three regional Emmys, a national Emmy nomination, and a station Peabody Award. Okay. Nice. Her big deal is earthfiles.com. She'll reference this regularly. Yes, she has a popular YouTube channel where she talks about different sources, anonymized sources. A lot of sources she's got. (laughs) Who tell her insider information about the government's relationship to extraterrestrials. And in this case, she's going to tell us about a couple of whistleblowers. 249,000 subscribers on Earth Files. That's significant. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, As you mentioned, Jimmy Church introduced her. So Jimmy is a radio host, podcast host, who hosts a another alien show, Mm -hmm. and she's a regular guest on it. And he almost always introduces her. They're kind of a little duo. Yeah. So he came up, he took a selfie with all of us. Oh, that's right. And then he kind of bragged about being friends with Linda. It was kind of Mm -hmm. cute. He was like, you know, just this morning, she said, I love you and I trust you. And then he turned to Linda and he said, <laughs> right, Linda? She's like, you're right. <laughs> it verified. Yeah. That's the kind of fact checking <laughs> we can expect from this stage, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he said, this conference brings friends together and now we're all their friends. And he kind of went on at length about having Linda on his show regularly and how she was there recently. And they talked for two hours, which is what they do. They're friends. <laughs> That's pretty cute. I remember, I think at the previous Conscious Life Expo, he told this whole long story about how they had this dinner. Like the whole point mm-hmm. of the story was our dinner went on too long because she wouldn't <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> And then she kept talking until we got to the hotel. Yep. But framed in the positive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It it was loving. And it's just like, you know, you do for any older esteemed colleague in the field. She's the stateswoman of ufology. Yeah. I always wonder, does Jimmy actually think, wow, she has amazing things to say? Or is it just sort of like she's gained this prestige? Mm. I like her as a person. I'm rolling with it. Just because I find her talks so opaque, so hard to follow. I have to go back through them with such a fine-tooth comb Mm -hmm. to follow what she's saying. It's just hard for me to imagine someone being like, what a fine speaker. Yeah, it's one of those situations that I think we encounter often where you you have those feelings. I do as well. And then you look around and everyone else seems to be getting so much more from it. Mm -hmm. And then you're like... Okay, what am I so missing? yeah, am I missing something or is everyone else playing along and I'm not playing along? Right. Is that what it is? Does the emperor have no clothes? Because yeah. I'm not seeing the clothes. <laughs> Raise your hand and ask that <laughs> question. Does the emperor have no clothes? Uh, so Jimmy says, I love this woman more than anything. I think all of you know that. She has brought more to this community than anyone I know and her work is tireless. We all applaud for her and up arrives Linda Moulton Howe. Linda Moulton Howe. I've just got to say, I was looking at her IMDb here. It says that she's a consulting producer on 85 episodes of Ancient Aliens. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. On the History Channel. Yeah. Yes, that's right. As we said in our last episode, the uh, esteemed outlet. Esteemed outlet. (laughs) History Channel. 
Yeah, and uh, she's got long brunette hair. Curly. She keeps it dark. And yeah, very yeah, curly. Kind of reddish, reddish dark brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Auburn. Auburn. There we oh, go. Oh, that's fun. I don't get to say that word enough. Yeah. Auburn. <laughs> and uh, she's always wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. Big old smile. Apple cheeks. And she was wearing all black this time. Well, let's see. No, I guess it's like kind of a crushed velvet green shirt underneath, but she's got mm. a, a black, what looks to be a leather jacket. She's black, always wearing that jacket. Black tights. and Yeah, that's true. She is. Mm-hmm. And then black, kind of cute little, um, what do you call those? Boots. Boots. Oh, yeah, cute. Uh, yeah, I'd wear that outfit. So, yeah, it's a well-curated look, and... And she's got it. And what we've mentioned before, she was also a former Miss Idaho, I believe. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, that's familiar. So she says that this is her 21st year here. She's been coming since 2002 when it was founded. Yeah. And she thanks a couple of people who run the show, Robert Silver and Serena Taylor. You know, they've been here since the beginning. But in this year, in 2023, she has news for us. Okay. Ross, the whispers are getting louder. All right. This time, the governments, the power brokers are finally going to crack open the truth that we are not alone in this universe, and they are going to do it in 2023. Now, this was in February that she's saying this, and in July, we've covered it, but there was a UFO hearing in Congress. She was talking about an upcoming hearing, Mm -hmm. and this one checks out. Yeah. She's right. It makes me think, oh, she's really talking to someone. Now, who's that someone? I mean, like, they might have really known, oh, yeah, uh, Ryan, whatever his name is, has gotten this this thing on the books. That seems possible. Graves. Doesn't matter. But, yeah, I feel like she's two steps removed from that congressional hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would suspect fewer steps. Like, I think she's intimately involved with the people who made that happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I think, too. I think that probably... Probably she really knew, like really had heard this was This was in the, the works, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So everything she's about to tell us comes from a 2022 face-to-face meeting with a retired Pentagon intelligence analyst, and he confirmed a bunch of details that she had received previously an encrypted proton mail mm-hmm. since 2020. Yeah, and that's all the credentials we'll get. She has vetted this person and she believes that these are his qualifications. Yeah, there's not a strong fact-checking arm going on here. We've talked about this in a mm-hmm. previous episode. <laughs> I won't get too far into how we figured out that this is not a strong fact-checking operation, but it is not. Find all the grains of salt you can and just line them up. You'll need them for this episode. <laughs> She says at the outset that this is going to be a 73-year look back at the Roswell crash. But I got to say, the Roswell crash doesn't come up that much. Okay. So that's interesting. But Hmm. do you want to explain what the Roswell crash is since she raises it? Yeah. Well, now I'm just thinking 73-year look back. It's been 76 years since Roswell almost. Mm. Interesting. Well, it was kind of the first crash of a UFO that people became aware of. And the original event happened back in 1947, named after my favorite number. And it was also the same year that we got the term flying saucer from Kenneth Arnold's description of ships that were shaped like crescents but skipped like saucers. Anyways, uh, there was a local newspaper article about this crashed 
something Mm -hmm. uh, out in Roswell, New Mexico. And the Air Force at that time denied it was anything out of the ordinary, just said it's a crashed weather balloon. And this is one of those situations where it kind of just went out of the public mind. No one really cared about it until the late 70s when our man Stanton Friedman Mm. started digging up stuff about it and introducing this theory that the explanation was a cover-up and that actually there was so much more and so much attention since then has been paid to this. And like they found photos of of the guys who'd responded to this. And you like you can actually see some pictures of them holding up stuff that looks like the remains of a crashed balloon. It certainly doesn't look like anything so impressive as you hear from the stories about this amazing metallic structure that would retain its shape no matter what you did and these and these symbols written all over it. And then eventually like alien bodies got added to it that had never been part of it originally. So the story kind of grew and became more dire. And then later on, like in the 90s, I think the Air Force finally admitted, or at least documents came out that showed that it had been part of this Project Mogul and it was actually like a reconnaissance mission. And yeah, it was kind of something they didn't want people to know about. Mm. So yeah, they told mm. the, the little lie about it being a crashed weather balloon. Oh, all the more this stirred up all the... Oh, sure. So anyways, it's kind of like the original crash that everybody knows. We talked about the Trinity one. That's a separate thing. But now that's like supposed to predate it. Uh, but there you go. That's uh, Roswell in a nutshell. Uh, that's Roswell in a nutshell. Oh. First of all. <laughs> Second, <laughs> I just need to point out to the listener that Ross said all of that without even looking down at his computer that was just in his head whereas how did i summarize the roswell crash to you earlier today oh yeah carrie texted me and she said (laughs) all i know is crash new mexico aliens not real (laughs) and i said that's all correct (laughs) yeah but i got it just like Loch Ness, you can go visit there and there's little aliens and you can buy food themed for UFOs and aliens and there's alien jerky for sale and you can buy a little green alien to attach to your car as you drive through the desert. That does sound fun. Like I did. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Oh, yeah, the museums are great. Well, anyway, this apparently has something to do with that, but it basically won't come up. All right. So um, she wishes that we would hear all of this from the horse's mouth, but you just can't because... You know, this is classified and these people are scared and they need her as their mouthpiece to get this information out. Granted, no government agents repelled from the rafters during this talk. Mm -hmm, No one mm -hmm. seems to care that she's sharing all of this info. Yeah, why isn't she It's a problem. It's a little problem. It's a problem you should remember as you're taking one of those grains of salt. (laughs) So she says, don't worry, she finds all of this exciting, not terrible... So what she's about to tell us might come off kind of scary, but we don't need to see it that way. So President Reagan was actually told about all the alien races that humanity is in contact with, including the insect aliens who are our biggest worry. That's right. That was a big thrust of this one, the insects. Now, we've heard about the praying mantis before. She did. I don't think she mentioned the praying mantis this time. I don't think so either. But he I, rules the universe. Yeah, the praying mantis is like in in charge of the bad aliens. I think so. Maybe he's the head insect. I, interesting. I, I was, I, well, I was going to say he rules the universe with an iron, but then I couldn't think what to refer oh, to the, yeah. the four paw. Those the, little tiny things. Yeah, the little strike pads. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it is a praying mantis has. Yeah, he yeah. rules the, the galaxy with an iron one of those. Also, praying mantis is my spirit animal, you may recall. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, deep connection. Yeah. Okay. So President Reagan has known this all the time. And the U.S. government has been hiding threats of hostile aliens for the past 75 years. Now, don't worry. This won't be terrible. Okay. It sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. So There's far, it sounds terrible. Insects who want to kill us. Yeah. But don't worry. It sounds it's like Starship not Troopers. Terrible. Okay, not terrible. But no one has told us the truth for 45,000 years. That's what she actually said. Until she got here. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking like, you know, written language is uh, only a fraction of that long ago. But okay, sure. They've been lying to us for all of that time. All of the governments in concert together. Until 2023 at the Hilton in Los Angeles. No one seems to care one whit that she's doing this. (laughs) Right. But in 2023 onward, Disclosure is finally moving forward. Finally. We've been saying it every year, but Jesus is coming back any minute now. It's finally happened. The age of Aquarius is here. (laughs) She didn't say that. (laughs) Boy, yeah, the age of Aquarius, Jesus, and Disclosure are all just like right on the cusp. Um, 5D. D. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's another one? What's another one? Um, Raising vibrations. That's Mm -hmm. always kind of on the cusp. (laughs) So in 2014, Linda met a physicist who had badges. This is how she verified. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, Multiple badges that proved he had worked where he said he did. Well, lots of badges that allowed him to get into labs. Mm-hmm. He showed her the badges, and so she spoke to him for five hours and took everything he said to be true. Oh, I really want to see these Gotta badges. Gotta see those badges! I, want, I need to see Obscure his stinking his badges. face and show us like a little hint of the badge. Come on. Yeah. No. I've shown you my JPL badge, right? I don't know. I have a JPL badge. Why? It's a long story. No offense, but why? <laughs> well, I, I had to go through the whole like oh, really? application process and everything. Yeah. Whoa. Worked on a It's a long story? Yeah. Okay. It worked on a little project. What? And I still have my badge. I probably shouldn't. I don't know why I'm saying this publicly. This feels more important than <laughs> what's in front of me in my notes. All right, you well, worked on a little project at Jet Propulsion Laboratory. In collaboration. The number one contractor of NASA. Uh-huh. Okay, well, moving on. (laughs) I'll just keep talking about this lady's talk. So, I mean, okay, guys, think about this. I bet Ross has more clearance than this person. Right, that's the point of that story is like, uh, you know, there could be something more to it. Maybe he had like contractor badges. Maybe he had to make deliveries or something, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. or or maybe he faked badges and showed them to Linda Moulton-Howe. Yep. She asks us if we would all collapse on the floor if the government told us the truth, which I feel is kind of a leading question, (laughs) but the whole audience is like, no. No. Right. She's like, exactly. (laughs) Which undercuts the whole argument that like people aren't ready for this. Right. That's not the argument she's making. Yeah, we get it. We're all ready for it. Right. She's very perplexed by the fact that the government thinks that we wouldn't be able to handle this because in actuality, she knows we would. Mm-hmm. I still don't know who's actually making that argument. I feel like it's an invented argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, straw man. I've only heard it espoused by people who are railing against it. Right. We're ready. Like, yeah, no one's saying you're not. Right, right, right. So she asks us if we've ever heard honest talk about life in the universe. Again, another leading question. Mm. But everyone's like, eh, no, not really. And one person said, only from you. And that got a laugh. <laughs> nice. Accurate. 
Oh, Ross is showing me his, uh, okay. United States government, Ross D. Blotcher, affiliation contractor, NASA, expires. Oh, it's expired. It's expired. But someone check this. Badge number no. 006. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rat me out. And it's got a little chip on it, a little mark of the beast. Okay, so what did you do? Oh, I really Why? can't talk oh, about it. Oh, you really can't it. talk no. about it? <laughs> okay. All right. I may have to cut this whole thing Will out. Will you tell me off mic? Sure. Okay. All right. So one of her sources is an aerospace manager. She's going to tell us about two sources. She's not great at differentiating between them, but I tried my best. So, <laughs> so this aerospace manager worked on a space-based energy weapons system. Say that five times fast. <laughs> during the Reagan administration in the 1980s. And while he was doing that, he became aware of what he called others working inside the program. Okay. I assume that means aliens. And he told her that there are non-humans from the star 82G Eridani, mm -hmm. about 20 light years from Earth. Okay. They're six to eight feet tall. They have pale white skin, almost albino looking, very bony, smart, soft-spoken, they have family structures like ours, children and spouses. Come. And they help us the most. They're called the tall whites. The tall whites. <laughs> and we're going to hear a lot more about the tall whites. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember something else that's coming. Okay, mm -hmm. yep. So the tall whites have helped us plot our stellar navigation all this time. And we'll come back yeah, it's to... Yeah, pr it's pretty good navigation. Yeah. Stellar. It's stellar. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, we do have secret deep space travel to other stars. You know, maybe you don't know that yet, but she can confirm it. We are visiting aliens. It's not just that they're visiting us. We have three specific space vehicles for visiting them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, right about here, she mentions... This person, this aerospace manager, who's the main source of what she's telling us right now, mm -hmm. he is one of only three sources that she's ever gotten to actually meet in person. The others have been via email. Oh, no. And Linda. We've <laughs> Linda. <laughs> we've seen videos where she interviews two guys who were friends that we've always thought were kind of pranking her. Mm -hmm. So we've got now one additional guy that she's actually talked to in person. She's been doing this for... a few decades. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Linda, Linda, Linda. <laughs> Think it through, girl. By the way, we should mention this was one of the paid workshops. So oh, was it? You I had to fork sure. over 45 bucks to get okay, in. Okay, yeah. And I had my crazy expensive all-access oh, pass. That's right. You really went for it. I probably paid for it on its own. So here she starts talking about Space Force, which we all might think was established in 2019 by Donald John Trump. Mm -hmm. But no, it's actually been around a lot longer. That's just oh, when it was revealed. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, when did Space Force come about? A lot longer. Okay. <laughs> so the CIA, NSA, and NASA are all in on this. And the principle they use for space travel is deep quantum tunneling, which I had to look up. That's, mm -hmm. That is a thing. Mm -hmm. That's all I know. That is a thing. Yeah, that probably works on an atomic scale. Mm, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Probably works but on not an atomic for sending... scale, but not for sending <laughs> full-size full spaceships. spaceships. I don't know. That's just kind of how I'd summarize it. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Great use of a science-sounding term. Yep. And the universe is a conscious entity, so that helps with the space travel because you're traveling through an agent, and the agent can help you. Okay. Okay, cool. 
So about those tall whites. Oh, the tall whites. Yeah, she loves to talk about the tall whites. Yes. So the listener. <laughs> it sounds racist. The listener might be just might thinking. Be. Yeah. Huh? I feel uncomfortable as they begin to say tall whites. What's going to happen here? Yeah. Well, that feeling's not going to go away. She keeps saying it every time. It just like sends a shiver down my spine. Please <laughs> yeah. stop saying tall stop whites. Saying tall whites. Yeah, this is a whole thing in the UFO community where people have pointed out. This feels racist. Yeah. They keep saying the white aliens are good and the ones with darker toned skin, not as good. Do you see a problem? And it's a uh, heightist as well. What's wrong with the short whites? Oh, sure. Fair. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, they're, they're six to eight feet in height, she told us. Mm-hmm. Tall. So some of our ET allies live in water and are fish-like, but... Those ones don't help us that much. The ones who really help us are these tall whites. They're our main allies. And you can recognize them because they're blonde, blue-eyed, pale skin. Their skin is like white chalk. White and delightful. So, yeah. But, as the Mormons might say. So that's that's kind of more than Nordic people. Like Nordic people. I mean, unless you have albinism, like Nordic people generally are yeah, yeah a pink, pigmented. A pink hue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, so these are very, very white. And they have the equivalent of five Cray supercomputers for a brain. She kept saying this. Yeah. Now, I've been hearing about Cray supercomputers for years. Are those as impressive as they used to be? Oh, I don't know. I had to look it up. I had never heard of it. I, I heard Cray and I thought, like, that's Cray. Like, these are crazy supercomputers. Oh, well, my God, they do so much. I feel like I remember talking about them in middle school. Oh, wow. Well, I was talking about Jesus then. They've updated them over time, but you have to ask which one was she referring to, you know, when she heard that these aliens performed at the speed of five oh, crazy sure. supercomputers. Yeah. Anyways, okay. carry on. So the tall whites are the original source race of Earth. They created Neanderthals. They created Homo sapiens. They're much older than us in evolutionary terms. In fact, they're a million years beyond us in some areas. They have a base inside one of the moons of Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't even recognize them if you sat in a room with them. They look too close to a Scandinavian person, but with a pronounced tan. Oh. This kind of confuses me, though. White chalk, pronounced tan? Mm. Hmm. All right. So they're they're supervising us. They're our main allies. But this is interesting. They basically get on our crafts. They monitor our activity. They could interfere and make all of our accomplishments and behaviors much better, but they won't. They have a, uh, what's that called? What do they call it in Star Trek? They won't interfere. Prime oh, directive. Very good. Thank Look at you. you. So they just supervise us. They won't help. They just watch. And yet they're our number one allies. They sound more like our number one watchers, but okay. They used to control Earth 270 million years ago. And her source actually worked elbow to elbow with a tall white. Oh. Yes. And she said, you can feel the energy coming off of the tall white. Yeah, with all that computing power, they just got to be churning. Mm-hmm. Just like when you stand next to a computer and you're like, ooh. So warm. Ooh, I feel it. <laughs> it's so smart. Ooh, the computing power. Ooh. <laughs> so she says, the tall whites can extend their incredible mind into timelines and they can go out into the future and follow whatever the problem is until they get to a point where they have some comprehension and then they can pluck that problem at a very specific point, put it back in the past, and then move it up toward the present 
or completely to the present and change the problem. And somehow this gets a bunch of wow noises from the crowd. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I think it's just one of those like blinding with words effects. Yeah, it feels like the like the superhero thing where everybody has all these like amazing capabilities. And then you have to start asking like, okay, well, how does that exist in the same universe as this? And, you know, like, I don't know, it just feels like she introduces so many things that are such a 90 degree turn from everything else she said. Like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, they can mm-hmm. manipulate the timeline. Right. And what sure. does it mean to take a problem from the future and bring it to the past? What are you even saying there? Yeah. yeah. What is that? That sounds like Stop, nonsense. slow down. Tell me what that means. Yep. yep. No, sure. She won't be doing that. So the tall whites in the Nordics, who maybe are different, I don't know, but they work together to manipulate DNA in non-human primates on Earth. Hmm. And that's what ended up creating humans. So it sounds oh, like right. she is down for evolution. Yeah, to an extent. And that right. that's her little um, intelligent design stepping mm-hmm. in. So Linda asked her source, well, why are they doing all this manipulation with all this DNA? Yeah. And he said... It relates to the wars between the tall whites and the reptilians. So the reptilians, we've talked about them before, but they are reptile-like aliens. They are bad, 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 bad. Mm-hmm. They and they're want, infiltrating our politics and all that. Yep. They want to come to Earth and take over. They're a good way to refer to Jews without saying Jews. Yeah. So, some people seem to be using them <laughs> that way. Not all the people, but yes. But the tall whites are a unique species with... More reverence for a higher power that we call God. Mm -hmm. So she's going to mention God. She's going to even mention souls here, which I don't think I had heard her say before. Oh, okay. So Linda asks a very good question of her source, I think. She says, okay, so since the tall whites are so smart, since they want to help us, why don't they? And why do we still have all these problems we have? Yeah. And she, while she's musing out loud to us, she says, really strange contradictions. And I'm thinking, yes, yes, strange contradictions. But she just leaves it there. Like, what a, what a conundrum. What does that mean? <laughs> Another source told me that working with the tall whites was like working with a human who had five crazy supercomputers for a brain. I mentioned it earlier when we were having the computer problems. But when you think about this, that a powerful Cray single computer can do a million billion operations a second. It's called a million gigaflops, a billion operations a second, and multiply it times five. That that is the way these men who have worked side by side with tall whites. That's what they describe. And to me, this all leaves more questions than I have been able to um, give you an outline of in this regard. If they care and they have a vested interest in us, why would we still have problems with trinoloid insects from 10 and a half light years away? There are so many strange contradictions There are. There are so many strange contradictions. There are quite a few strange contradictions. This is a quote from her. There are so many strange contradictions, the deeper you get into the content of this matter, (laughs) which I wrote as another good summary of this talk. 
<laughs> oh, and the summary of her talk. She said, this all leaves more questions than I've been able to give you an outline of in this regard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, that about mm-hmm. sums it up. Well, let's leave it there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she mentions the trontoloid insects. There, yes. That we need to be protected from. Yeah. So why haven't they done it yet with their Cray supercomputers times five? Right. They're our number one allies, but they just sit there on the ships and watch us fuck up. That's not a good ally. Yeah. And all of this, you know, just all this puttering around for 70 plus years, messing with missile sites and stuff. I know she's talking about that. Well, what's the point of all that? Mm-hmm. When we're going to, you know, get to the point. Yeah, right, right. What's when's this, this all, all for? What's, yeah, when's this all coming to a head and existing outside of Linda Moulton Howe's sources? Well, the answer to that, I believe, is April 2023. Oh, April 2023. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that, too. It's now in the past. Six months ago. Then it was in the future. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Okay, we'll get there in one second. Okay. So she says, if we can get past our own tribalism, we can use our plasmids otherwise known as souls, Come. to advance the species. Plasmids. That's fun. That's her other word for souls. Okay. Yeah. 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 The tall whites are the only people who can protect this planet from the incoming war from the reptilians. So now she's starting to use war language. This is starting to, I'm starting to think, wait, why did you tell me not to be scared about this? So there's an incoming war. Mm-hmm. We have these allies who will not help. They just watch. But you've also told me, don't worry about it. Yeah, those seem strange to be at odds as well. contradictions. Yes, indeed. Just such strange. Let's just put them out there. Yeah. Wh- <laughs> well, here's what's going to happen in April 2023. Yeah, yeah. What are the consequences of any of this? Okay, yeah, what's happening in the past? <laughs> yes. So, of course, she's talking in early February. And she says that in April 2023, Earth is going to go into... An agitated state. Oh, no. So we're in an agitated state right now. Maybe we might get sucked into a black hole, but don't feel afraid of that. She doesn't feel afraid of it. (laughs) Okay. And here's how she put it. And so here we are finally getting to a point where this spring of April 2023, which both of these men have told me that they have had briefings on a year ago, that we would be in this solar system moving into where, where if you look at and do a search on the Milky Way galaxy and Earth, where Earth is, you'll see that it's in a little, it's like a little thread next to a bigger piece, like yarn, thread to yarn. And that in this very particular little thread that our solar system is in, that that very specific part of the Milky Way galaxy is going to go into an agitated frequency, that the frequency will be higher than where we have been for some uh, long period of time. And that the frequency that the Earth's solar system will move into will have an impact on human brains, on energy, on animals. Hmm. There you go. That's what's going to happen. Agitated Remember that? frequency. Yeah, I wonder if she had talked with Twin Ray. You know, they were there at the conference. What? Mm. How much common ground could they find? You yeah. know, because they're both talking about these coming frequencies. Uh, it would be interesting to see if they could riff off of each other. Yeah, I would love to hear her talk more about 
channeling and recovered memory therapy and all these things that come into play with this larger alien group that she doesn't seem to really be that concerned with. Yeah, and I I feel like she's infinitely compatible with the other ideas at the conference just because, like you were saying, she's willing to raise all of these contradictions and then just let (laughs) them simmer and doesn't bother her. Why should it bother you? No worries of falsifiability here. So she says, April of 2023 could be a change in emotional frequency, but it is also supposed to be heralded by the James Webb telescope and some kind of a headline that would be breaking news. The Webb telescope has now confirmed a biological signature and I'm going to fill in the one that I've heard the most, the fourth planet in the Trappist-1 solar system, which is about 40 light years from the Earth. So let's see, in April 2023, let me Google this, April 2023, James Webb agitated frequency? Oh, that's gonna get you nothing. This got me nothing. So it's not gonna be a light blast. Someone in the audience thought it was gonna be a light blast and she's like, no, 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 no. Oh, right. It's energy frequency. You won't (laughs) see it, but you'll feel it. Okay. And she tells us if this is all true, we should call our representatives and ask them what they know, demand to be told the truth. And she says, and if it doesn't happen, what a weird planet we're on. (laughs) So I guess that's it. We're on a weird weird planet. planet. Yeah, Yeah. because none of that happened. Then someone from the audience interrupts her, Linda, Linda. And he says that he spoke to a channeler who said it's actually going to be in June. And Linda just receives this information like it's an update. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Actually, June. Sorry about the April. Thank you, random man in the audience who talked to another person. (laughs) Which gives you a sense of her standards of evidence. But again, June's in the past. Yep. Didn't happen. Yep. Not that I know know of. And she says, it would be ideal if we all suddenly, finally, were hearing the same words from the government, right? We're all like, yes, that would be so ideal. Why won't they tell us? We can handle it. And hey, by the way, I was just thinking, listen to this Max Fun podcast. Okay. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. And together we are The Flophouse, a long-running podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. And because we're so long-running, maybe you haven't given us a chance. I get it, but you don't actually have to know anything about previous episodes to enjoy us, and I promise you that if you find our voices irritating, we grow endearing over time. Perhaps you listened to one of our old episodes and decided that we were dumb and immature. Well, we've been doing this a while now. We have become smarter and more mature, and generally nicer to Dan. But we are only human, so no promises. Find the Flophouse on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. So then she talks a little about the Greys, famous old school race of aliens. They're part of this whole assembly of aliens. Yep, you get the Greys in there too. Yep. So most of you are probably picturing big aliens with like big diamond-shaped heads and grayish skin. Now, those are actually the ancient grays. What she wants us to know about are the small child size ash grays mm. that do the bidding of the ancient grays. Okay. So, <laughs> so Good the, to clarify. These little guys. 
<laughs> These little guys are biologically alive, but they are artificial intelligence, and they are a bit of a nuisance. They get in the way a lot. <laughs> the ancient greys program them. They do their jobs pretty well, but not that well, and they have to be reined in a lot. All right. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Typical. <laughs> they... <laughs> And so now the ancient grace have gotten lazy. They don't like to travel through space that often. Ross is just so, <laughs> massaging his temples so as he weird. tries why, to take this in. <laughs> why, why, Linda? Why must you inflict this on us? So since the ancient greys don't travel through space that often anymore, they <laughs> use the smaller worker drones, meaning those little AI ones, to do their bidding. Oh, that's right. They're AI. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. But they're also alive. That's another word that we're clear? using right now. So yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. She called these little gray programmed life forms or PLFs. Yes. And they can do instantaneous space travel. And we understand some of their physics but not much. Oh, yeah. She was referring to three deep space ships that we already have. Yes. In this talk. Yep. The USS Curtis LeMay. Curtis LeMay. I wonder if that's a person. Yeah, I looked that up and that one actually like there was... An American Air Force general. Well, I see that the USS Curtis LeMay shows up on the Starfleet Universe Wiki. Uh-huh, which means it's a fictional thing. I guess. I don't know what Starfleet is. That's sure. from Star Trek. Your, oh, your favorite. Okay. There you go. I know you watch it a lot more than I do. Uh, I love Star Trek. First of all, it takes place in space. That's very true. Second, people are trekking. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, and then there's the USS Hoyt Vandenberg. We know that's a real person. So we have Vandenberg Air Force Base nearby. And then there was the USS Roscoe Hillenketter. And I had to look it up after she was saying it to make sure it wasn't Helen Keller. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, she said that we already have these long distance deep space vehicles. I don't think that's real. Okay, so the reptilians, let's talk about them. They are bad. So bad. And they want Earth without any humans on it. They want to just take over. I mean, what's stopping them? Why do they have to do all this sneaky thing like pretend to be Bill Clinton Maybe because they know the Nordics will stop them if they but do anything. But the Nordics aren't doing bad. anything. I know they They're just, just so sit lazy. There. They don't commit. Yeah. yeah. Where are the Nordics right now? Like right now, as we're recording this, some of the most terrific things we've ever seen are happening in the Gaza Strip. Mm-hmm. Where are the Nordics? Yeah. Isn't step it in. time? Isn't it time? Yeah. If somebody has omnipotence, omnipresence, advanced technology, that'd be a good time to it's step in. It's a good time. Well, everyone starts murmuring. She says they want Earth without humans on it. You know, this is like a fairly threatening thing to say. Yeah, and if if this is a spacefaring civilization that got here and they didn't want humans on the planet, there probably wouldn't be humans on the planet. You'd think. Okay. But, you know, it's so full of contradictions, you know? Mm. Mm. So interesting. So also, also there's the insects. The insect aliens are also hostile to humans. They want Earth without humans on it too, just like the reptilians. Yeah, she showed a picture of of these trantaloid aliens, and it was it's seriously like a drawing by a kindergartner, and on the <laughs> on the type of paper that has the lines that you write inside of along with the like dashed lines to help you know where to Whoa, end. Whoa, really? Your, yeah. Let me see this photo. I've forgotten this. This was done by someone under 10 years of age. This drawing that she included, this multicolored crayon drawing. <laughs> I don't 
<laughs> That's her oh illustration. My God. <laughs> At least Deborah King would have. <laughs> oh no, we've killed Carrie. What on earth? At least Deborah King would have had the decency to like use AI to generate a semblance of an alien. What's happening here? You're right. This <laughs> yeah. is drawn by a child and it's, written by a it's child. It's like someone working on their kindergarten spelling, and they also drew a trantaloid alien. The drawing's cool. I'll give the child that. <laughs> okay, well, well, they're hostile to humans. That's the point. Yep. Should I be worried? No. <laughs> She's not worried. <laughs> okay. Why would you be? Sure. There's just so many contradictions. But Ronald Reagan knew all of this because he was told on March 6th through 8th, 1981. Let me just point out, first of all, Ronald Reagan was president 40 years ago. He's no longer alive. Why is this important? Uh, you know, I mean, relevant if a, to our current situation. He knew about this. Yeah, I think the implication is like, you know, all the presidents have this oral history passed okay. down from president to president, which okay. is more or less So true. she thinks that all the presidents know this. I think that's the implication. Okay, okay. Yeah. So she shows us her star map. Yeah. How long has she been working on it, Carrie? Thank you for asking. Eight. 18 years. Wow. That's a long time to be working on this fairly simple map. <laughs> she just updated it. I assume that means she kept getting new information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see this image of several different stars. They're all labeled, and some of them tell us which aliens live on that star. Mm-hmm. So the solar system is in there, unless you mistake this as a photo, because, of course, who would take this photo? <laughs> but. God. It's a bunch of glowing orbs and they've been labeled as various yeah, star systems. Yeah, and I don't know if the implication here is that the aliens actually live on the star or they're from the solar system yeah. ruled by that star. Right. They're they're the from a planet that revolves around okay. it, I think the is ladder. a fair assumption. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, the labeling on this is great. <laughs> it's so good. So she's going to draw our attention to Rigel. Yeah, Rigel, yeah. Rigel, okay, yeah. It's on the far left. Now, reptilians live there now, but it used to be a Nordic system. Yeah, well, that was before the Procyon Exodus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, I I don't even need to say that. The listeners right now are like, that's Uh, redundant, Ross. Everybody knows that. Of course. We've all memorized the star map. Um, but there's a lot of fighting around Rigel, and Rigel is currently taken over by reptilians. Bad. Bad. But the Nordics had to leave and go to Procyon A and B. So they mm-hmm. had to like, <laughs> what a solution. So you're invaded and you leave your entire solar system. Yeah, well, we lost that one's no, no longer ours. Let's go to a whole new... I mean, I guess that's the idea of becoming a spacefaring race is that... If your star dies, you can go find a younger one, a younger, prettier one. Uh (laughs) A new model. But the reptilians and the Nordics have been fighting each other for millennia. Okay, so are the Nordics that powerful? There's so many contradictions. So I guess instead of Star Trek, they would have Nordic Trek. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Like the um, (laughs) The workout equipment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My work is done here. (laughs) Good luck with the rest of the show, Carrie. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Have a good time. It's almost over. Tip your waitress. So now they're fighting for dominance over Earth. Okay, so she's wrapping up now. And wait, she... wait, 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 but there's more on the star map. 
Oh, like, you want to talk more about this other map? Ra- okay. Well, I just got to mention some of the other races that are labeled. Yeah. So Epsilon Eridani has the hostile insects. Again, bad. Hostile's bad, yeah. Then you have Seti, the red-haired humanoids. Oh, that's her. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe that's where she's from. She's a starseed. Then you have, like you said, 82G Eridani. That's where the tall whites come from, of course. Of course. Now, this supports what you were saying, that the Nordics and the tall whites are separate because Mm. they seem to come from different star Mm. systems. Mm -hmm. So we got both. Why not? Uh, But then she labels Sirius A and B as having Nordics and water-living humanoids. But she said in this talk that we as humans are hybrids of like three different alien species. So we have... DNA that we've inherited to make hominids or apes on our planet into humans. But she says that the Nordic DNA is predominant, like in white people, and that there's a... Oh, she actually says that in white people? I believe so, because she highlights that that black people were seeded by Sirius A or B or both. Okay, are they good? Please say they're good. Yeah, I think they're fine. She didn't say anything bad about it. It's just that they're they're like from a separate star system. Very Mormon. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. But military aerospace people with information about ET genetic manipulations of Earth life say that the first and the oldest ET race to have manipulated genetics on Earth was from Sirius B, 134 million years ago before Sirius B became a white dwarf star. The Sirius B race allegedly are the genetic source of darker eyes and darker melanin in skin tissue compared to the blonde blue-eyed Nordics. Both Sirius A and B are populated now by the same race that my aerospace source says has had the most involvement with our development to current modern homo sapiens. I'm sure she's not trying to be denigrating, saying there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure if you asked her, but right. just, well, A, it's not true, but B, <laughs> it just doesn't feel good. I don't like right. it. Right. It like also it. opens the door for someone else to grab that and be like, yes, okay, working off of that and that race is bad, you know. Uh, uh, uh. Okay. And she gave us like a zoomed out version of this map and farther away is Aldebaran. And that one is labeled with blonde, blue eyed with Hitler, World War II. That's the label. What? Yep. Oh, that's not in my image. Okay. Uh, and then we have wow. under Epsilon. 18 years. You couldn't clean that up. <laughs> Make that a little clearer. Maybe next year she'll take out the Hitler mention. <laughs> And then Epsilon Indy has the tall progenitor grays. So, yeah, what a map. It's a great map. Okay, so so she actually says that white people then are descended from the best aliens? Partly. They're, you know, like we're all DNA hybrids from these different races. But kind of. Again, A, not true. B, uncomfortable. Yep. At best. Yep. Okay. Well, so she's wrapping up now. (laughs) (laughs) And... She tells us that she was really nervous to see how we would all respond to this because, you know, she's talking about world war, basically. Yeah. She's Mm -hmm. basically saying there's a world war, but don't worry, the Nordics will maybe come to save us or maybe just sit there. Mm -hmm. So don't worry. All right. Okay. Yay. And that's how I paid $45. (laughs) Yeah, we use our money well here. (laughs) Send us more. Well, anyways, that and more. Every time you talk to Linda Moulton Howe, you You learn something new. No, 
and what you never know what will come out of her, her face. face. <laughs> right. God, you took it right out so of my mouth. True. <laughs> we're we're on the same frequency. Way frequency. <laughs> <laughs> we finished each other's sandwiches. sandwiches. Yes. Hey, all right. Yes. You never know if the other person will say sentences or sandwiches. It's true. You just got to go forward. Uh, working on both Frozen and being a fan of Arrested Development. Mm. Yeah, sandwiches mm. is the way okay. to go. Okay. All right. Well, that was a fun walk down memory lane and the revelation that two predictions did not come true. Well, at least... The prediction that moved from April to June and back to April didn't happen. Yeah, unless it did, in which case it was not remarkable. Yeah, like one of those failed end times prophecies when it's like, oh, Jesus actually opened the temple Mm -hmm. veil up in the celestial realm. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. We verified that. Yeah. See, it was a big deal. Yep. Oh, you don't believe me that the age of Aquarius started last November? Actually, it did, but it was energetic. (laughs) And if you didn't feel it, there's something wrong with you. Huh. I don't know. I feel like the biggest problem here is just bad sourcing mm-hmm. rather than her willingly wanting to tell falsehoods. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I think she's sincere. So I got to ask, Carrie, did you advance your whole cat and dog conspiracy theory at all? No, but I did send a card up her way mm-hmm. uh, that just said, I, I wrote this one really fast and Listeners to past episodes will know what we're talking about, and new people will have yeah, no Yeah, Carrie's idea. been sending confidential information to Linda Moulton Howe. Yeah, to sort of check her checking system. Mm-hmm. Um, she responds to my emails, but the cards don't seem to be doing much. I sent up a card that said, Linda, please tell my story, Poppy. That's, That's the, the name, name That's you've the name been, using. been using. Yeah. And you put like a little figurine in there. <laughs> yeah, I had this kind of ugly Albert Einstein necklace. That's, I don't remember where it came from. I love right. Einstein, but it's not a good one. So I just put that in there. Sure. Why not? Okay. And then I walked right up to her and I said, this is for you. And okay. She just took it. You were the deliverer this time. I know you've made Jimmy Church mm-hmm. hand or something before. Yeah, and others. Yeah. Okay. So no so, no news on that front. No, yeah. And I kind of want to give her a little credit that she hasn't like worked all of that immediately into her talks. So mm-hmm. on that rung, pretty good. Uh, I'm going to say if you ever do follow up on that, because mm-hmm. you've been telling her about how I don't know cats Dogs are aliens. Okay. Cats are aliens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if you tie it to one of the unlabeled stars in her star chart, Ooh, smart. Give some more smart. information. Mm-hmm. Okay. Smart. Okay. Which which star are you looking at? And and I would say like they're dog like, and that they've been genetically manipulating our wolves and our mm, lions nice. to you know like to nice. give a similar story to have them live amongst us, but they've been a protective force. I don't know. You, you yeah, yeah. Play they with just it sit as you there will. Watch us and go. Yeah, fucking that <laughs> yeah, up too. Yeah, they're reporting back. Like when your cat's staring at you, it's, mm-hmm. it's uploading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Which Uh-oh. star? Which star should I say a cat is from, and which know, star in, should I say a dog is from? I'm enjoying this way too much. Well, dogs would normally come from Sirius, uh, but that's kind of taken. What do you mean by that? Well, <laughs> why would dogs come from Sirius? There's a connection there. Really? Yeah, it's uh, Sirius is known as the dog star. What? Why? Like, when you talk about like the dog days of summer, it's because uh, Sirius yeah. is in the huh. sky. Well, she'll take that seriously. And then cats, there's a place called Zosma. That's cool to say. Sure, they're from there. All right, there we go. Great. Anyways, always fun to catch up with Linda Moulton Howe. And you never know what will come out of her face. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We did it. I didn't even need to do it that slow. 
all right. Well, that's come out of our faces. Mm-hmm. And that's it for this episode. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Please do. And thank you so much. You can also tell a friend. You can also give us a positive review on whatever platform you consume us. Do you have a friend named Ross? Do you have a friend named Carrie? Make them listen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Do you have a friend named Ono? Yeah. Make them listen. Yoko Ono? There we go. Do you know Yoko Ono? Make her listen. listen to this podcast. Yes. And remember. Let's just break through this right now. Yes, there are other ETs. Yes, we have had help. Yes, there are enemies. Yes, there are threats. Yes, we are the product of extraterrestrial manipulation of DNA and already evolving primates. That is the truth. We're one, we're one family. we got to realize that. Exactly. Doesn't that make you feel like you love all of us? I mean, that every, we, we are first and foremost a fellow human that the Greeks said if humans could have agape love with each other, that they would see each other as a fellow being, nothing to do with sex, fellow being, that you would love, you could not kill, you could not. That's where it seems to me, if this all evolved to that, it would all have been worth maybe the angst. Co-Optober continues in celebration of National Co-op Month. I'm Kevin Ferguson, senior producer and worker-owner at Maximum Fun. I'm Marissa Flaxbart, producer, and I'm also a worker-owner at Max Fun. This week is all about community. Of course, we wouldn't be a co-op without the Max Fun community. And we love it whenever members of our audience get together. So we're having another Max Fun Meetup Day this Thursday, October 12th. And next week, we'll be hosting a panel discussion with other worker owners across the co-op community. And we are still selling our limited edition launch crew merch available to all MaxFun members. But only through the end of the month. For more info on Meetup Day and everything Co-Optober, head to MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Have a great week. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.